step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. This is Pursuit of Happiness Radio. As we all know, there is a downside to freedom of speech. Pursuit of Happiness Radio. In America, you have a right to be stupid. Pursuit of Happiness Radio. This is America. And in America, if something sucks, you're supposed to be able to get your money back. This is Pursuit of Happiness Radio. Let's talk about clothes for a minute. Yeah, yeah, no, the Senate. Yeah, did you already know? You already saw the way this was going before I even said it, didn't you? Well, look, we all know we live in a very casual time. Uh, people don't really wear ties to work anymore, do they? People will go out to formal dinner parties wearing uh, khakis and polos. Okay, maybe just my friends do that, but apparently now the Senate does it too. And it's all because of John Fetterman. <laughs> Senate dress code changes. It's never about what the Democrats do in the news media. It's always about how the Republicans react. Listen to these headlines. NPR headline. Republicans slam Senate dress code changes. Republicans slam. What about the dress code changes themselves? Aren't those? Isn't that the news? No, it's Republicans response. The Hill reporting Senate dress code change draws GOP barbs towards Fetterman. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Towards Fetterman? <laughs> okay, well, this is about Fetterman, for the record. I mean, it is. Absolutely. It's absolutely about Fetterman. It's always been about Fetterman. They're not doing this for any other reason than Fetterman, y'all. Fetterman is the reason that this is taking place. Fetterman can't. He can't, he can't handle it. He cannot put pants on. That's really what this is about. Stephen L. Miller at The Spectator broke it down quite perfectly when he said that last October, after several questions arose about the severity of then-candidate John Fetterman's health, his stroke, his campaign released an update. It was not a medical record. No, no, no. It's not the, no, it's not a medical record. No. We have yet to see any medical records from John Fetterman. They're not going to show you that. We, we, all we get is nonsensical answers he provided during a debate that revealed the nature of his condition. Last October, Fetterman's doctor, the campaign doctor, assured the public he was fine. He recovered from his stroke. It's okay. So then why is it that protocol for the U.S. Senate needs to be appended to accommodate the senator from Pennsylvania? 
you know, right after he took office, he was admitted to Walter Reed Hospital in Washington, D.C. They said he had crippling depression. They said he was underweight. He was not eating. He doesn't look underweight. He looks overweight. No, no, no. He's depressed. He's not eating. You know who we never heard from at Walter Reed? John Fetterman's doctors. They never held a press conference. There's millions of people in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is not the biggest state, but it's one of the biggest states. And you're telling me they don't have time to explain what's going on with one of their senators? During this time period, his staff took it upon themselves to co-sponsor and introduce legislation. All of this was overlooked by the media. The media are now co-conspirators to the cover-up of Fetterman's actual condition. And so, too, is Chuck Schumer, the head of the Senate. And now we're being told that if Fetterman's not allowed to wear whatever clothes he chooses, you know, his soccer shorts and a Carhartt hoodie, it could trigger his depression again. Much like how an entire kindergarten class needs to accommodate one problem child that refuses to do work unless his own special conditions are met, we are being misled once again under the guise of a dress code. The Senate dress code is not the issue. The issue is the ongoing deception of John Fetterman. John Fetterman's family, his office, the media, they've all gone to great lengths to bully their colleagues, to bully the voters, to bully news consumers into believing that John Fetterman is not a walking cadaver. NBC News reporter Dasha Burns interviewed Fetterman during his campaign. Campaign, She was labeled an ableist by his wife for asking questions about his health. Ableist is like the new racist or bigot or what. It's a very insulting term. So here's a question that I'll just ask because I don't care if they hate me. Can John Fetterman perform basic tasks? Can he show up to vote without shouting through a doorway? Because that's what he did when he was in the hospital. Can he put on a suit like a healthy functioning adult? If he can't do these things, then why did his campaign tell the voters of Pennsylvania that he could? The media helped him. Does Fetterman require in-home assistance to perform basic tasks? Can he feed himself? Can he dress himself? Can he put on a tie? Can he tie a tie? John Fetterman made demands for himself to be able to debate. So we fine, we put up with it. He, he cannot debate Dr. Oz without special equipment, without a special computer screen. Then he made demands while hospitalized for several weeks. Now the special demand is that the entire Senate has to accommodate him. He has trouble putting clothing on, and the rest of you need to adhere to his policies or his standards. The special demand is that the entire Senate accommodate him. When do we stop accommodating John Fetterman's lies about the severity of his condition? When are we going to get a real answer about his special treatment, about his health conditions? Why won't a doctor tell us what's wrong with him? The guy makes decisions that affect hundreds of millions of people. It's the same thing with Lena Hidalgo. Why can't Lena Hidalgo do her job? Why did Lena Hidalgo have to go off to some special clinic? The media and Fetterman and their allies, they're all counting on continued blackout coverage of these basic questions, and they're going to get it. They're going to get exactly what they don't want anyone to pay attention. Just by asking these questions, we're bullies, we're jerks. They write off any of your requests or concerns as being silly, as being pointless, as even being cruel. But time after time, special conditions must be met for John Fetterman. 
and we're not supposed to notice that the cycle just keeps continuing? They know if they could put up with this for six years, maybe he could slip away gracefully or his wife could take over for him. In fact, I'll bet that'll be it at some point. Senator Giselle, you wait. That's going to happen. I'm not a fan of the government doing anything. This is the Pursuit of Happiness Radio on KPRC AM 950. I always like to say, just so that you, the radio listeners, just so you don't have to look at CNN.com or watch CNN, I'll watch it. I check it out. I check. Just to, just to know. Know your enemy, right? Know your enemy. It's important to know your enemy. And just, just so you don't have to, I glance at the Texas Tribune from time to time. I just want to know what they're saying. I just want to know what they're saying. Well, they're, they're talking about us. They're talking about you, Ken Paxton voter. They're talking about you, school choice advocate. Don't you want to know what they're saying? Well, you know, you do and you don't. You only have so many minutes in the day. That's why I look. I, I'd like to think it's a, you know, it's a public service I do for the radio listeners on this station. And so I check. And there it is. There's the article. I don't have it right in front of me right now, but I saw one earlier this week. They said, now that the Paxton impeachment's over, how are the Republicans going to get along with each other to pass school choice? It's like, what? I'm sorry, what? They couldn't. They couldn't get along with each other to pass school choice before the Paxton impeachment happened. How does this How does this make it better or worse? Well, look, there's always another angle. There's always something we're not considering here, which is why I try to reach out to a guy I consider to be the smartest person in Texas political media. That's Michael Quinn Sullivan of TexasScorecard.com. Michael, the people at the Texas Tribune think somehow the Paxton impeachment in the aftermath of this, it's going to have detrimental effect on whether or not school choice can pass. Are they right? Uh, I, I think they're wrong. And I think they're, they're, they're wrong because they desperately want to, to have that be the narrative. Uh, but remember, these are the same clowns who told us in 2022 uh, that George P. Bush was going to beat Ken Paxton as, you know, for the attorney general race in the Republican primary. And of course, Paxton got you know, more than two thirds of the vote. You know, the, the Texas Tribune understands um, Republican primary voters and uh, quite honestly, they, they understand Texas voters about the same way I understand Mandarin Chinese poetry, right? <laughs> Which is to say, not at all. Right. Um, in fact, I could probably make more sense out of Mandarin poetry than the Texas Tribune can make out of the uh, wishes and interests and desires of Texas voters and especially Republican, uh, Republican Especially voters. if it's on a fortune it's cookie, cool. then you'll know for sure what it was. Exactly, exactly. Right. <laughs> um, you know, the, the, the reason I think that they are the, you know, the, the, that analysis is wrong is because uh, – in, in politics, you have what, what, what I often refer to as the primacy problem. Um, voters tend to not vote on what you know, the candidate did for them five years ago. They tend to vote for people based on what they believe the candidate has done for them most recently, right? Which is why um, you know, candidates, campaigns uh, send out you know, the big fluffy mailers that give you warm, fuzzy things you know, you know, passing through your through your heart as you go vote, um, because they want you to feel good about them. Um, they have to do a lot of that after they've done some of this horrible stink up of the of the Paxton campaign. Uh, the the last thing Republicans now know representationally about members of the Texas House 
is that they, the Republican members of the Texas House conspired with Democrats to take out the most effective attorney general in the nation for Republicans. Um, that's, that, that's, a, that's a bad taste in the mouth, right? That is, that is some really bad sweet and sour chicken right there. Yeah. To continue my Mandarin uh, you know, analogy. Yes, um, exactly. Yes. It <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's, it, it's like drinking a warm Bud Light. Okay. That's, that's the bad taste <laughs> that they, they left everyone's mouth. So, so there is, um, so here are these Republicans who are going through um, having done this Paxton thing and they're realizing they've stuck it up. They can see the same polling data everyone else is seeing. They can see the same Twitter twin, trends and the same social media posts and everything else. And they know that they've got a problem. So they have to do something, and that something very well could be uh, Governor. The thing Governor Greg Abbott wants them to do, which is school choice. Um, so here they've got the you know, the entirety of the Republican Party uh, voters, human beings wanting school choice. You've got a lot of Democrats. Democrats poll at sixty or seventy percent in favor of school choice. Uh, particularly um, African-American and, and Hispanic Democrats pulled off the charts on school choice. Um, and, and you've got their, their governor, their party's governor, uh, wanting school choice, all of which um, is going to make a very difficult combination for Dade Phelan and the Democrats in the Texas House who don't want school choice. Um, you know, so the, the, there is the, the narrative is oh my gosh the Republicans have never been so disunified there have been so much disunity as there's right now because of Ken Paxton in point of fact what we have seen is you've got the Senate very uh, Republicans very unified about Ken Paxton because they exonerated him uh, you've got voters very satisfied and united about Ken Paxton. You've got voters very uh, unified on wanting to eliminate property taxes. You've got voters unified on wanting school choice. On, I mean, just go down the line. The only disunity that there is um, among Republicans is Dade Phelan and about a dozen or so uh, Republicans, quote unquote Republicans, uh, who, who feel like they exist to serve the Democrats. They, you know, they want to help the Bush family serve the Democrats. Uh, they want to help Texans for lawsuit reform serve the Democrats. That's the only disunity. Everyone else is pretty darn well unified. Um, and, and, and so I think that's why school choice has a good uh, chance of passing is because even some of these guys like you know, Briscoe Kane, one of the House managers, who's always presented himself as a conservative, hasn't looked that way recently, um, but Briscoe Kane has something to prove to his voters. Uh, you know, Jeff Leach, a guy who's always presented himself as a conservative, his voting record's gotten pretty sloppy the past few years, uh, but he likes to pre you know, present himself as a conservative. He was one of the, he was the guy who gave the closing speech attacking Ken Paxton um, this uh, this past weekend. Um, he's got to prove something to his voters up in Collin County that, oh, wait, wait, I'm, I'm really not a bad guy. And so here comes the session on school choice. Guys like Briscoe Kane and Jeff Leach um, gives them an opportunity to prove that they aren't had maidens of Democrats, that they're, you know, that they don't spend their days, you know, uh, you know, carrying Bud Light into Dade Phelan's uh, <laughs> you know, chambers, you know, on a, you know, on a you know, silver tray or something. You know, this is their opportunity to prove that. And we'll see if they do. I, I think that they will. See, that's what I thought, too. Uh, at, the, at the end of the show here, I got my buddy, uh, comedian Tim Mathis calling in, uh, entertainment, stand-up comedian and entertainment reporter that we talked to out in Hollywood. And he and I were both off the air earlier today talking about the news from Hollywood. 
get you know th- believe it or not this does pertain to texas education people are reacting right now to texas what they call the book ban the book ban. well what is the book ban well you can't show a comic book about lesbians using vibrators to a nine-year-old well that's not a book ban right but lo and behold ariana grande judd apatow chud app uh J- chelsea handler billy porter rob reiner mark ruffalo pat oswald and john leguizamo disagree and i just i think it's amazing michael right now that there are liberal celebrities in southern california looking at texas right now and telling us hey we're going to show porno to your nine-year-old. We're, we're going to shame you and call it a book ban. And they actually think there's something wrong with us that we want to keep our attorney general in office to fight things like this. I'm curious what your reaction is to Hollywood trying to influence Texas public school curriculum right now. Yeah, you, you literally could not have named, you know, um, a half dozen worst people on the planet if you tried, I think. Um, uh, you know, look, look, this, this, is not a, this is not a unique texting. I was just, just literally this morning, uh, someone sent me video from, I think it was from Ottawa or one of those weird places in Canada, which allegedly is an independent nation, um, where you get thousands of people um, gathering in protest uh, outside of a, a big, big city uh, school uh, school building, um, upset about these very same things, saying, "No, you're showing these horrible, giving these horrible books to children. This is horrible. We, you know, you know, if adults want to look at that stuff, that's fine. You know, so it's, um, yeah, it, it is absolutely again the, the the sense which real people understand you shouldn't be doing this to kids, but yet in government schools we've allowed the lowest common denominator to reign supreme, and and this is a why I think you have so many more than ever uh, people standing up in Texas and elsewhere in the country saying, we want to take our kids out. We want school choice. We want to be, you know, know, it's interesting. All the people you just named, Kenny, every one of them who has kids, their kids are in private schools. Their kids are in schools that don't show, um, you know, the, the pornographic images uh, to uh, to kids, uh, but yet they think that uh, you know that a you know uh, low income Hispanic family uh, th- they need their child to see those kind of hyper sexualized images that that are never shown to their kids. You know, it's it's just the height of arrogance of elitism. Uh, there's a whole lot of other things probably driving it too. Uh, but but again, it, it's those are the very reasons why Texans are wanting school choice. Michael Quinn Sullivan, TexasScorecard.com is the website. I know a lot of you already follow him on the platform formerly known as Twitter, otherwise known as X.com. But do yourselves a favor. If you don't have time to look at Twitter every day, just go to TexasScorecard.com. They have an email list you could sign up for. And if you do, they're going to send you a short, concise email every day. They they never sell your information. This isn't. There's a big scandal today with DailyWire.com selling the email lists to politicians. It's like, well, Texas Scorecard has always been pretty transparent about the fact that they don't do that, which I admire. But what they do is inform people with information, the Texas Tribune, the Houston Chronicle, local Fox and ABC, things they don't want you to know. Get educated, get informed. TexasScorecard.com. Hello, my name is Pedro. My favorite things to do are smuggle drugs, procreate like a rabbit, and listen to Pursuit of Happiness Radio with producer Keeney. He's stupid. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's got me there. Oh, hey. Welcome back. Kenny Webster. It is Pursuit of Happiness here on KPRC 950. Thank you so much to those of you that follow us on social media, to those of you that have subscribed to the podcast. This humble little afternoon, mid-afternoon radio show has reached quite a big audience recently. We're proud to have tens of thousands of people out there tuning in. And, you know, we've tried to give you guys a radio show that delivers on what I think people in Southeast Texas are the most concerned about. And even if you don't live in Harris County, I know some of you live out in Fort Bend or Galveston or whatever, you know what happens in Houston affects you. Whether it's crime, whether, you know, what happens with our police department, what happens with culture here, but... Similarly, what happens with our budget? When it becomes difficult for people to live in Houston, when it becomes too expensive for people to, to live here, where do they go? They go to Katy. They go to Pearland. So, so to those of you that aren't in Harris County, which many of you are, I, I ask you to pay attention to this segment because we are going to be talking about stuff that affects you. As a matter of fact, here in Harris County, maybe you've heard, Lena Hidalgo has been MIA for quite some time. Where is she? Where is Lena? Well, we just learned she's finally heading back. She's been at uh, out-of-state mental health facility. And I've never really understood that. Why is why do the Democrats think it's okay for an elected official like John Fetterman or Diane Feinstein or Lena Hidalgo to admit that even though they're not responsible enough to handle their own issues, they should be able to make decisions that affect millions of other people. It's it's remarkable, right? A year ago we had a protest for the the only two conservatives on the Harris County Commissioner's Court. To, to do something about our out-of-control budget and property tax. And sadly, a year later, thanks to redistricting, we've only one of those guys still remains. Tom Ramsey, the last lone ranger of common sense in Harris County government. Thank God for Tom, man. Tom Ramsey has been an advocate for a balanced budget, for, for removing smut from local public schools. I don't think that's such a controversial thing, do you? Uh, handle Reducing crime. And, and by the way, keeping property tax low. Well, we've got another vote coming up here um, uh, on the budget. And Lena Hidalgo not, not around to handle the vote. I, apparently, we can't make quorum on this thing. So I reached out to Tom Ramsey to get the... I like to know what's going on. I don't trust ABC 13. I don't like the way the, the Houston Chronicle explains this thing. So we reached out to Harris County Commissioner Tom Ramsey to have him explain it to uh, uh, us himself in his own words. And he's here today. So thank you so much for your time today, Commissioner Ramsey. And for those that are confused about what's going on with the budget vote right now, I was hoping you could just break it down for us. What's going on and what do you intend to do about it? Thank you, Kenny. Creating confusion is, I think, a lot behind what uh, they do in the budget process. But but here it is in a nutshell. Uh, A budget is proposed. A tax rate to support that budget is proposed. And then you vote on it. Well, last year, uh, Commissioner uh, Cagle and I were able to communicate our priorities. They did not uh, take those priorities, and, of course, we were not, we did not participate, and they had to adopt a no-new revenue rate. This year is different. 
because they have oh, they could adopt the rate over the next three weeks. We did, in fact, this past Tuesday, adopt the rate with me in the room. The reason I was in the room this year and was not in the room last year is this year we have over $119 million committed to law enforcement that we did not have last year. So I will absolutely show up if you put my priorities on the agenda and address those. The fact that we saved $650 million last year, at least my three years on commissioner's court at this point, uh, net is going to be over $300 million uh, in terms of tax savings. So I continue to advocate for those things. But our top three problems in Harris County is crime, crime, and crime. And we took a big step Tuesday in addressing that problem by funding $119 million for law enforcement. You know, Tom, I, I, I get that for some of your cohorts, for the, some of the people you work with, the most important thing to them is having their name on a plaque wherever there's some new infrastructure around Harris County. And I know for you, it, that's not quite as concerning. It's nice to have your name on a plaque on the side of a new bridge or, you know, a tunnel going through Memorial Park or whatever it may be. But there are bigger problems here and crime is out of control. I, I, I feel like it's not getting better. They say that they say, well, when the economy picks up, crime's going to get better. Well, is the economy picking up? The stock market's not doing any better. The cost of living isn't doing any. Inflation just went back up. The cost of fuel just went back up. So that's what's happening on a national and state level. You and I both know what that does locally. When it, when the economy suffers, crime suffers. And if we don't have enough funding for the Harris County Sheriff's Department, how are we going to curb crime in this community? And 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 I think you just explained it pretty clearly. But do you feel like it's going to get better or worse? I think that until we make a clear commitment to increasing the number of boots on the ground, uh, you're not going to see a significant decrease in the crime. We are funding, as I said earlier, that is the sheriff's office, constable's office, DA's office, fire marshal's office. That's what I consider law enforcement. They've all received increase and in, an in, in increase in uh, pay to allow them to attract and recruit and field unfilled positions. We have hundreds of unfilled uh, positions in law enforcement because we can't compete with the counties around us because we don't pay enough. Well, this budget will help address that problem. But the bigger picture in terms of what the judges are doing in releasing uh, criminals on low bond, uh, man, we've got to take care of that at the ballot box. We have got to eliminate the Democrat elected judges at the ballot box. Yeah, I don't know if you saw this today, but the city of San Francisco is now recruiting for law enforcement. They Like a lot of big cities around America, they're having a problem with finding people to work in law enforcement. So they're recruiting at, at universities in southeast Texas, including TSU, uh, Sam Houston over there in Huntsville, other, others, uh, Prairie View, other places as well. I'm just curious, Tom, what do you think about that? I mean, even San Francisco is coming here to get cops and taking them away. Well, we have extreme, we have extraordinarily uh, great uh, uh, folks in our law enforcement. And when I talk to our sheriff's deputies and our constable's deputies and, and HPD and the, the many, many law enforcement agencies, we've got incredible people here, but they are being recruited. And that's a fact. That's why this year, I think uh, let's stop the let's stop the uh, leakage in terms of people leaving. Uh, let's pay them a better salary. Let's respect them more. 
and I've, I've been an advocate that uh, law enforcement uh, uh, is not the problem. People would say that. They're, when we were doing public meetings on the budget, large numbers of people came to say, reduce law enforcement budgets and put more money in social programs. Listen, there's not enough money in, in Houston to fund all the social programs that people bring to our table. I don't consider that our job. Our job is for safe neighborhoods with law enforcement being number one. And until we make that our top priority, I don't think you're going to see a significant decrease in crime. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's something to be said about it. I don't feel like Rodney Ellis cares about this as much as you do, Tom. Hey, I'm curious, now that we're getting into uh, city elections, uh, a lot of people have been talking about District G race with Mary Nan Huffman and Busby, but of course the big one is the race between Whitmire and Sheila Jackson Lee, and I'm just curious if you have any thoughts about that. Well, I mean, clearly, uh, I do not think uh, you can say Sheila Jackson Lee is going to be the great advocate for law enforcement. And uh, uh, when people uh, and, and people, uh, people, when they get to that ballot box and whoever uh, they, they vote for, it can't be Sheila Jackson Lee, that's for sure. Uh, but we got to see a commitment. It seems that uh, Senator Whitmire has made a commitment to law enforcement. But I think uh, Jack Christie's made that commitment to law enforcement. I think others, uh, others have. So uh, I think in the coming weeks, I think we who th- value law enforcement and consider crime the, the top problem in the city of Houston, listen to their words very carefully on what they're going to do or not do. Yeah. You got attacked on an issue we've been talking about a lot this afternoon. As School Choice is about to have another special session in Austin, Texas, a lot of people have been looking at what is fueling the School Choice movement. And one of those things is uh, books in public schools around the state of Texas. We've done a lot to remove some of these books from elementary school. They're books that probably belong Maybe they belong in a college or a high school, but certainly not in an elementary school. Uh, one that often gets pointed out, a book called Gender Queer. It's a comic book where two lesbians uh, teach the reader how to use a vibrator. And, and it's, it's weird to talk about this, even on a radio station where the audience is mostly adults, Tom. But you got attacked by the Houston Chronicle. You got attacked by ABC 13 just for criticizing this stuff. It's... Even Hollywood today is accusing Texas of trying to ban books. You're one of the people that's been an advocate for getting this stuff out of elementary schools. Have have people lost their damn minds? Like, how is this controversial? It, it isn't. You talk to parents. You go talk to moms. You talk to dads. I've had moms and dads come to my office crying, explaining what books are currently available in libraries to children. Because when they take them there, you just can't turn your child loose in the library and say, go find you a good book. Because even if it says juvenile, it may end up being one of those books. So my, my simple common sense uh, 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 advocacy is to be sure that when you are looking at, at uh, whatever books are there, they should be age appropriate. You should not have in a juvenile section a for for people in the first grade kids in the first grade you shouldn't have books in there that i wouldn't let my 20 year old or 30 year old or whatever uh children uh look at so i'm it is it is not about book banning the words they bring to the table 
are just outright lies. That is a lie. It's not about book banning. It's about age appropriate. It's about common sense on how you take care of children. Yeah. I mean, Tom, brother, from your from from your mouth to God's ears, and I know everybody agrees with you that's listening right now, that is Tom Ramsey. Sadly, he is the only reasonable person right now in Harris County government, and we're grateful to have had his time today. Uh, not for nothing here, folks, but people like Tom don't just get to remain in government without a little bit of help. I know he's got a website. Uh, Tom, what is your website? People could donate, and they could always volunteer to help you out, right? Absolutely. And, and, you know, you can go to that anytime. Uh, uh, my Facebook is facebook.com, Tom Ramsey, Precinct 3. And uh, 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 if you're looking, uh, uh, I think if you go there or Twitter, Thomas Ramsey, too. Uh, so uh, please just get, it, get in the fight. It's, it's worth doing. Tom Ramsey, Harris County Commissioner's Court. We're grateful for your time today, sir. Thank you so much. Live from Texas, broadcasting across the People's Republic of America, this is Pursuit of Happiness Radio with Ken Webster Jr., a.k.a. Producer Kenny. Keep it here. All right, calm down. Turn down the angry music. This is angry music for middle-aged men. They're mad about their 401ks. But we have bigger problems right now to unravel, guys. There are issues afoot. The world is not a perfect place. The economy is crumbling. There is crime in the streets of every major city right now like we haven't seen in decades. It is bad. And there's a war happening in Eastern Europe. And with all that going on, we have just learned... Ravens wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. is reportedly dating Kim Kardashian. Think about that. After all those difficult snatches, this will be a nice change of pace. Is this a spoiled, pampered, narcissistic Hollywood brat or what? Yes, yes, Hollywood. It's time once again for news from the world of sports and entertainment. People who are good at throwing a ball or, I don't know, standing in front of a camera and reciting lines... They're going to lecture you on why you shouldn't have the right to say and do as you please while they say and do as they please. Isn't Hollywood great? I know I think so. So to get the latest from Hollywood, we turn to our good friend, stand-up comedian Tim Mathis. Tim is live in Hollywood right now. Tim, look around. How many pedophiles can you see from where you're currently standing? Uh, well, I'm in one of the working-class districts, so not that many. If I was downtown closer to the studios it would be quite a bit i'm sure <laughs> so many pedophiles all right well all that being said we know we joke right but let's not kid ourselves exploitation of people in hollywood is pretty bad and it's been going on for a long time it's nothing new there is a bizarre documentary about supermodels that just dropped and it features cindy crawford among other people talking about how she was exploited as a young woman by Oprah, Oprah, back in the 1980s when she was 20 years old, Cindy appeared on Oprah Winfrey's TV show, and this happened. Did she always have this body? This is unbelievable. Stand up just a moment, because no one saw you come in standing up. Now, this is what I call a body. Very good, very good. But I'm not, not, I don't weigh 100 pounds. I'll tell that lady on the phone that I do not weigh 100 pounds. You're what, are you about 5'9", 5'10"? 5'9", and I tried to stay around 120. Okay. So... 
All I'm right. happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> the year was 1986. Cindy Crawford, 20 years old, is on the TV show Oprah. And Oprah has Cindy stand there and has the, has the audience applaud her. But look, everyone, we approve of her body. Now, look, this didn't age well. At the time, this was no big deal, Tim. But now people are pretty mad about this. Uh, yeah, Oprah's got some some sus things she said in the past. Um, and if you don't uh, remember, Hollywood's just always kind of towed the line with this thing. Um, Brooke Shields, I believe, did uh, uh, almost nude, if not fully, oh, like, partially nude uh, photos when she was like 12 in either Harper's Bazaar or Vogue. I can't remember. And that got published. Um, Olivia Diabo was in a movie called Bolero where she did like a, a, a pretty much nude scene when she was, I believe 15. And that made it on the, made it into the movie. Like they, they don't really care about uh, the age of consent out here in, in a lot of ways. And uh, sometimes it shows. Okay, so you know what's interesting about that, Tim? There's still TV shows on the air today that feature teenagers having sex. I mean, people look back on movies like Fast Times at Ridgemont High and they think, whoa, that's pretty controversial. It's a TV show about, it's a movie about teenagers having sex. But one of the biggest hits HBO has right now is a TV show called Euphoria. I don't watch it, but I think we all know what it is. It's, I mean, it's teenagers doing drugs and having sex, right? Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's really crazy that 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 was a huge hit. I um I didn't know anything about it, and, and I tried to watch a couple of episodes. And I mean, first of all, it's it's just a terrible show. I mean, everybody in it is not a likable character, and yeah, it really is just hey, let's let's have uh, you know teens do drugs and have sex. Of course, most of the people that are actually playing the roles are what's called. Uh, 18 to look younger out here, which means that, you know, you're over 18, but you look like you could still be 16 or something like that. So, you know, they're not actually underage folks, but it's still the portrayal of that. And you wonder, like, who is watching this and and cheering shows like this on? And it's it's really weird that the types of narratives they push out here um, and uh, they push them out here, they push them out to the rest of the country. So it's right. it's. It's very odd. It's it's a whole uh, objective that they're trying to reach, I think, and that's that's what's disconcerting. Hollywood has a hard time figuring out what is and isn't appropriate, like Tim just explained. You know, this new documentary about supermodels is getting a lot of attention because it shows all these middle-aged women talking about what it was like back in the 80s and the 90s when they were teenagers or in their 20s and how inappropriate it was and how how it wasn't okay. And as all that is taking place at the exact same time, here in states like Texas, we're dealing with the aftermath of the pandemic in which a lot of parents saw what their kids were actually learning in public schools. They actually got to look at what children were learning as they came home and worked from home and children worked from home in Zoom classes. And they saw some very inappropriate books. You know, maybe the books were probably okay for high school or college age kids, but I think most of us would agree A seven-year-old doesn't need to read a comic book about how two lesbians can have sex with a vibrator. But that's exactly what the book Gender Queer is all about. We found Gender Queer. Please challenge me. Look this up. A book we found in public schools all over the country. Now, this has been removed from elementary school libraries. They're 
putting age restrictions on these books, as, as they probably should, much like a tattoo or alcohol or a copy of Penthouse magazine. Some things are not appropriate for a nine-year-old, even if they're appropriate for a 19-year-old. So as this is happening, Hollywood celebrities, including Ariana Grande, Judd Apatow, and Chelsea Handler, are lending their support to a George Soros-backed initiative that's trying to reframe the removal of sexually explicit and inappropriate books from elementary school libraries as being a book ban. They're saying these are you're banning books. How dare you? Now, there to date, there are no books that have been banned in the state of Texas, but that hasn't stopped Rob Reiner, Mark Ruffalo, Billy Porter, Patton Oswalt, John Leguizamo, all these different well-known Hollywood elites from getting in front of cameras this week and telling you, Texas is banning books. It it almost kind of reminds me of the Florida don't say gay bill in which basically they just said, all right, if you're an elementary school teacher, you can't talk to your students about your sex life. But lo and behold, the reaction from the media was, oh, you're telling them they can't say they're gay. Tim, you live in Hollywood. I mean, are people really that confused about this? How is this controversial? Uh, I, I'm not sure that the, the bigger celebrities are confused or if they're just getting marching orders. Um, cause let's face it, that does happen. I mean, look what's happening to Russell Brand and how fast everybody grabbed their torches for that one. Um, but people are just brainwashed on this issue. Um, you know, I've got a, a few friends that, you know, are yelling about the book bands, but notice the one book, uh, that they never talk about is To Kill a Mockingbird. That's one of the most banned books. Uh, in the history of banned books. And I, I started thinking about that the other day. I, I went to a comedy show out here and I saw a, uh, a radical feminist comic uh, who did a joke claiming that Kobe Bryant was a rapist, right? And of course he was charged with that and he was acquitted. And I think that's why they don't get mad that To Kill a Mockingbird is so banned because the real message of that goes exactly against the trust all women me too narrative because you know in that book a black man was accused of rape with a white woman and she turned out to be lying uh that's the whole plot of the story and this third or fourth wave feminism whatever we're in they don't like that message um so books like that they're okay with with being on the naughty list um, but they want to get books that talk about oral and anal sex into the hands of preteens, which is which is very weird to me. But it is on brand for Hollywood. Yeah, I mean, I it it seems like it's such a contradiction. Like one of these things is not like the other. But here we are having this conversation again, and I just wonder at what point how do they not see their own hypocrisy here? I mean, isn't it abundantly obvious? You can't criticize Oprah. <laughs> for what happened in 1980 while you're trying to show gay porn to nine-year-olds in 2023. By the way, does Oprah get banned, uh, canceled? It's hard to imagine she does, but people are pretty mad at her in the last 24 hours since this documentary hit the news. Uh, yeah, I mean, more and more is coming out about um, the elite's views on certain things, and, and one of them is child sexuality. Um, they seem to be 100% for it, which is such an anathema to how the rest of the country thinks about that. You know, the rest of the country thinks like, you know, let kids be kids. And then, you know, at a certain point, 14, 15, 13, whatever, you know, you tell them about the birds and bees and and you don't push it on them. But um, the more people look into it, the more people realize like the Hollywood machine uh, kind of 
wants kids to grow up really fast um, and don't have a problem pushing their mores onto the children. So it's, it's weird. I mean, you just have to look at what happened with um, what's the movie about the child trafficking. Uh, oh yeah. How, Sound how of freedom. Much, yeah. I mean, they, the Disney corporation had that movie, had the rights, they tried to bury it. Um, when it came out and became a sleeper hit, one of the biggest movies of this year, uh, you had all kind of publications and critics saying, oh, don't go see this movie. This movie is uh, QAnon, January 6th stuff. And, you know, it's just a movie about the facts that there are massive child sex trafficking rings and that the U.S. government is not doing enough to stop them. Yeah, and I didn't go see the movie, not because I don't think that's an important message, but because... I got to tell you, Tim, I don't want to watch a movie where kids get sex trafficked. That just sounds bleak. Maybe at home later on the couch, but I don't want to go out to a movie theater and buy candy and make a an event out of it. You know what I mean? Like if I could turn it off and watch something else, that's one thing. But all that being said, I'm glad you brought up Sound of Freedom because this next headline has not gotten a lot of attention. According to a report issued early, released earlier this week, the producer of Sound of Freedom felt the naked breasts of apparently an underage trafficking victim. Now, I don't know if this is true or not. This is something the liberal media is saying about the guy. We don't even in the headline, they tell you apparently underage trafficking victim. But boy, you got to admit it. Like there are there are no good people in the if this is true, Tim, it's like, boy, who's the good guy? Well, I know that he's come out and and denied it. And, um, you know, hoping that's not true. It doesn't seem like something um, that would be in a person like that's character. Right. Um, but that is the standard play that they go to. I mean, like I, I mentioned earlier, the Russell Brand stuff. I mean, just look what's happening there. You even have the UK Parliament uh, saying that uh, they want Rumble to drop him uh, from their platform. And it's it's such a coordinated attack. I It's I, I, it may be wrong, but I mean, I, I see coordinated attacks like this. And the first thing I think is, oh, well, that's, you know, BS. So we'll see what, what it is. But uh, I just I, I got to assume innocence until proven guilty at this point, because there's just so many mobs that form very quick to try to uh, attack anybody who seems to be on the opposite side of the establishment. All right. Since we can't leave the radio show on this on this low note this is depressing let's face it talking about children getting exploited and stuff but that's what hollywood news is tim tim mathis stand-up comedian you are uh, you are known as being a style czar you are a fashionista i haven't shaved in about a week should i grow a beard or should i shave it well it is uh it's the end of september so if you're gonna start a beard uh, i don't know how quickly yours grows but uh you could definitely start in october um, but, uh, I don't think anybody would, uh, blame you for starting one a, a little bit into the end of September here. You could go ahead and start that fall beard. You know what? Maybe I will. And, and, and the plus side of doing that is it doesn't really involve doing anything to do it. I just have to do nothing. I'm Kenny Webster. My friend, Tim Mathis is a very funny comedian, even though this conversation was kind of depressing. Go see him do stand up live. He is absolutely fantastic. You could follow him on Twitter at Tim Mathis comedy. You could follow him on Instagram at Tim Mathis comedy. You cannot follow him on OnlyFans, or, or can you, Tim? Uh, not yet. We're still working uh, out the uh, contract. You know, they, they say it's going to be a big one out there. Yeah, I, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> to the rest of you, have an awesome day. Drive safe out there. I'll be at Starting Strength Gym on Shepherd. You are listening.
listening to the Pursuit of Happiness Radio. Tell the government to kiss your ass when you listen to the show. People ask me sometimes if my story about my shoulder injury is is really as oh a, here he goes again with that shoulder injury. Well, look, I had a bad <laughs> shoulder injury and it it hurt for a year and I didn't think that it was going to go away. I thought I'd have to get surgery. Turns out all I had to do was train for a couple weeks at Starting Strength Gym. They have one in Katy, one in Houston. Changed my life. And it's not just for you know super famous celebrities like us. That's true. Yeah, I mean if if Kenny can go in there, pretty much anybody can go. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. If you're looking for one on one training with a coach you're not going to find a better price for that or or better quality training than what you get at starting strength and and by the way if you are a trainer last i heard the folks over at starting strength because it's so popular and growing so quickly they they might be hiring so uh maybe hit them up new locations being built all over houston they got several more on the way but go be a part of it right now starting strength gym search for it in your favorite search engine they're in houston and katie you're gonna love it now we can stop whining about that show 